title is, uh, But If You Say So. Or maybe it's, uh, Be Careful Who You Lend Your Boat To. We'll see. You be the judge. Let's pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the songs and meditations of our hearts um, be pleasing to you, edifying to your church. May we leave here as different people. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Second only to Jesus himself, Simon Peter is in so many of the gospel stories. If you notice that, he's all over the place. He's uh, not only mentioned more than any other follower of Jesus in the New Testament, we see him in every predicament. Of course, he's a fisherman, right? And he didn't get to go get an advanced degrees. The smartest, the best, and the brightest were picked up by roving rabbis who would teach these young men large portions of the Torah, and they would learn it, and they would go teach all over Israel. But he didn't get picked by the rabbi, and so he went back to the old family business. After the resurrection, though the Sanhedrin, um, they were so amazed at these rednecks from Galilee. they like, wow, look at the confidence and boldness of Peter and John. And they gasped at the fact that they were uneducated. They didn't have a lot of education. They were untrained men. And they were just astounded to, to believe and to recognize that these guys had been with Jesus. But if you reduced Peter to some simpleton who only knew how to throw a net at night, you'd be mistaken. There was more to Simon Peter, so much more. Simon Peter knew two languages. He was bilingual. He knew Aramaic and Greek in order to deal with the Roman authorities and the, for the fish licenses and the boat docking fees and the taxes in order to sell the fish that he caught. Simon Peter was the first to recognize Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah, the first of the disciples, that is. And for that, he got the keys to the kingdom. He got a big, big promotion. Peter got out of the boat. Give him some credit, people. He walked on water. I've never walked on water. He was bold. Peter loved Jesus. He pulled out a knife and cut off a person's ear when they were about to arrest him and round him up just a few hours, just a few days before he was crucified that night. And though Jesus said, Peter, put your knife away. And Jesus said he didn't need anybody to defend him. You get a sense that Peter was loyal, loyal. Peter wanted to grow. He was always asking questions. Jesus, tell me again, how many times must I forgive Jesus, who's going to betray you? Simon Peter was impressive in presence and personality. He was bold. He was loyal and he wanted to learn. All good things. And yet Peter had some bad moments, didn't he? Moments when he slipped, sank, misunderstood, drew back and held silent when he should have spoken. He sank in the lake when he took his eyes off Jesus and was more worried about the waves. He chewed Jesus out when Jesus talked about his own impending death on a cross. No way, buddy. Not you. Not my Savior. My Savior's not going to die. Never. 
And Jesus looked at him and said, you get out of my way, Satan. And when Jesus' prediction was coming true, Simon Peter was warming his hands by the fire with some strangers who recognized him as Jesus' friends. Say, you're one of his followers, aren't you? Nope, you got the wrong guy. Never knew him. And I wouldn't be caught dead with the guy. The rooster let out three cock-a-doodle-doos. And Peter's whole life flashed before him. I'll be damned. I'll be cursed. There's no hope for me. I'm done for. Jesus gave him the right name, didn't he? Rocky. Rocky. Up and down. Quite a rocky life. Back and forth. One step forward. Two steps back. That's why. That's why. If you want to hold up a clear mirror to your own life and faith, there's not a better reflection to look into than that of Simon Peter's life. Today, Simon Peter is an early convert. He gets wooed by Jesus. A very interesting conversation. He'd already witnessed Jesus healing his brother-in-law Simon and, and, and healing all kinds of people in Capernaum. He'd already seen that there is something to this guy. He's like no other. So when Peter is with his brother Andrew and other employees on the boat, cleaning the nets after a long fishing expedition that proved to be a profound waste of time, Peter licked his wounds in the boat as the sun was coming up the Sea of Galilee. Just as Jesus walked by, the large crowd following him, and he was just teaching his heart out. Jesus motions to Peter, I need a favor, Peter. Hey, hey, Jesus, what do you need? Anything. I need your boat. I need your boat. Can you move the boat out just a little bit so I can keep teaching these people? They're pressing in on me. Be careful who you lend your boat to. Peter's boat became Jesus' lectern. And Jesus taught this huge crowd many lines deep on the edge of the Sea of Galilee about this new kingdom that that was coming among us, that was closer than you think. This kingdom that's closer than Caesar and his throne. A kingdom that's more powerful than any ruler on earth. And while Jesus was wrapping up his lecture on life and the kingdom and God, he turns to Peter. Hey, Peter, let's go for a fishing expedition. Let's go out into the deep. Let's go fishing. Now, we know what Peter said. But here's what I think he wanted to say. Jesus, you stick to preaching and we'll stick to teaching. We've been fishing all night long and nothing's biting. Plus, I'm bone tired. Now, I think there was a holy pause when Peter gave Jesus this excuse. Hey, there's no fish out there. They're just not biting. They're not biting. And I think Peter might have just let the awkward silence allow for a little bit so that Jesus go, okay, you're right. You know, we don't need to go fishing. I, I didn't realize y'all were, were fishing, you know, and may, maybe there's tomorrow. But Jesus says nothing. He just, I, in my mind, smiles at Peter. And finally, the magic words, but if you say so, five words, but if you say so, but if you say so, five words, changed Peter's life. 
But if you say so, has a little bit of a ring of trust to it, but not a lot, just a little. But if you say so, gives God just enough room to work, just a little bit of crack for God to work. All God needs is just a little opening. But if you say so, leads to two boats almost sinking out there in the deep end of the pool. It leads to a miracle. It leads to disciples number three and four, in addition to Simon Peter and Andrew, to bring out their boats because they were business partners in this thing to help. But if you say so, leads to a huge crowd seeing two boats almost going down, submerging. Just, just give God just a little bit. What do you say about faith? Just a little bit of faith. Faith is the size of, a, size of a mustard seed. Just a little bit can move mountains. That's, that's what Peter gave Jesus. And that's all Jesus needed. You see, you fish in the dark in first century Galilee. Because you don't want to see, you, want the, you don't want the fish to see the nets. So you fish in the dark. It makes no sense back then to fish with nets with a light coming up. But you see, the light is coming to the world, even in the deep end. Something's afoot with, but if you say so. Peter doesn't start counting his money with the abundant haul. Probably could have gotten a little extra cash that week. Peter goes from, if you say so, but if you say so, to get away from me, for I am a sinful man. In other words, Peter was saying this, and this is a quote from our, our devotional, which I loved. Peter was saying, I'm not prepared, I'm not capable, I'm not deserving, I'm not faithful enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not the type you're looking for, Jesus. Have you ever found yourself asking those same questions when you've been blessed or invited to do something that feels like it's the dark, deep end? I know I have. Peter, I mean, Jesus smiles, he looks at Peter and he says, I'm going to make you fish for people. This is the first day of the rest of Peter's life. All from those five words. Okay, if you say so. This is the first day to God only knows what in Peter's life. And with that, Peter, along with his three fishing buddies, drop their nets and follow Jesus. They leave the mother load of fish and just follow him. Did I mention that Simon Peter was impulsive? He was. But let's give him some credit. He gave God a small opening in his life and let God step into his life. He gave his nets and his boat to God when he wanted them. And God gave him one more trip out to the deep, one more time, one more try. Simon Peter gives Jesus a chance and then for the rest of Peter's life, Jesus gives Peter chance after chance after chance. Peter had a wandering heart, but Jesus was always there to catch Peter, to walk beside him, to wash his feet, and to offer love. Peter's wandering faith ebbed and flowed, but it always was tethered to the love of God. Dr. Lester, in another part of the devotions over there, said, We are joining Peter in figuring out our faith. We're going to wander alongside him, glimpsing Jesus through his eyes. That's the invitation, if you dare to do so. So what about us? What about us? 
You know, as a preacher, I should, at this point in my life, not need to say, if you say so all the time, to Jesus. But I find myself doing it. I, I couldn't disbelieve in God if I wanted to, based on my front row seat for the past 27 years of my life, seeing what God has done to people. But I still do. If I'm honest, I still hesitate when God is calling me to something that's above my head. Sometimes I question just what in the world I'm doing in this world. A lot of times, like Simon Peter, I'm mending my nets going, man, the fish just aren't biting. And Jesus invites me to go out one more time. And I tell Jesus lots of times, I've tried Jesus, nothing out there, fish aren't biting. And Jesus looks at me and he just waits me out. Has God ever waited you out? I promise you, when, when, when God was calling me to go in the ministry, I gave God six months to change his mind. It didn't work. It did not work. God's persistent and relentless love to me. I just couldn't get it. And man, I was miserable. I worked in a warehouse with no windows. It was horrible. And Jesus just looked at me and waited me out. He keeps looking at all of us when we hesitate like he knows something you and I don't know. Like Jesus sees something you and I don't see. That's why we go back out to the deep. Let's go out one more time, Jesus says. Let me show you where they are, the fish. The fish who need one more chance to see something in in, in themselves. To see what God sees in them. Fish who've given up. Fish who feel like they're lost in troubled waters and feel like they're going to drown. Jesus says, I'm going to give you some fish to to catch if you trust me. Fish that will be so glad that you decided to throw the nets out there one more time. People with names and circumstances and troubles that you may never understand. But your love, your compassion, and your patience, along with my net, let's work together. Sure, you're going to fail a lot. Peter failed a lot. We'll find that in the stories the next few weeks. But your failure, says Jesus, is no match for my power. Your failure is no match for my nets. For even in your failure, I'm working something beautiful. And you're going to find some fish. That's what you're carrying to the end. Paul said, we're all jars of clay. Because it's, it's not what the jar is made of. It's what fills up the jar. And when God's grace, when Jesus' life and love fills up your jar and my jar, miracles happen and the hall is too big for any one of us to pull in. Sometimes, many times, all I've got is, but if you say so. Maybe this Lent with your tired arms and your empty nets, Jesus has you right where he needs you, friends. Like Peter, it all started with a small gesture. Okay, you can borrow my boat. Just one thing that leads to another, that leads to another. To the end of Peter's life, full of inexplicable hauls of fish in the least expected times of the day. If only our eyes are open. Peter would have many, many empty net experiences. And yet Peter walked into that emptiness every time with something more, something Beyond his own wildest dreams, that's what we call salvation.
That's what we call salvation. After the death of Jesus, another empty experience for Peter. Jesus is back on the shore at the same place. Early that morning when the sun is rising, Peter jumps in the water and starts swimming toward the shore. And Jesus serves Peter some grilled fish. Peter starts his journey with Jesus with the big hall. And he ends his journey with Jesus before he ascends. And Jesus is taken up. And on both ends of that life, Peter has a mother load of something he never expected. Fish and forgiveness. If you say so, Lord started it all. Got him to another beginning. All the fish you can eat. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Now it's getting awkward. Three times. Keep fishing for people, Peter. Simon Peter's roller coaster life is actually moving towards something. And Peter would then haul in all kinds of people for the kingdom of love. He'd look for any opening he could to connect with people with the God who can sink boats with his haul. And if that's all you got for Jesus, if you say so today, then you are well on your way. All you need is a little faith. And we've got some deep waters to travel together as a church. We've got nets to throw. Remember that there's something greater than you that's facing the deep waters. And that's Jesus. Now later on in my life, uh, well, in my 20s, uh, after I was miserable in that warehouse with no windows, uh, I sort of got driven into, the arm, uh, driven into ministry a little bit, but I was talking to people and giving God a lot of time to change his mind. And um, talked to a lot of pastors who were praying with me, and I finally wound up with a plane ticket to Durham, North Carolina, to Duke Divinity School. My mom had a flight cancel, cancellation, and so she said, here, take my, take my voucher and go to Durham. Now, this was before, you know, you needed nine things of identification to get on a flight. This was before TSA. So I go up there with a flight voucher that says, Mari Lawson, my mom's name. I says, that's not your name. I said, no. And um, they, the woman said, just get on, just get on. So there I am. In Durham, praying, God, is this really what you want me to do? Is it not? And I get to go to a chapel service on a Wednesday communion service. And Reverend Jim Travis is preaching. He's a Baptist from Mississippi. And guess what song we sang? Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing your praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. And that's when I heard God say, can I borrow your boat? And I want you to know right now that your calling is no less sacred than mine. And here comes Jesus. And he's always going to be motioning to you about something. And I promise you, he's going to finally look at you and say, I need to borrow your boat. Be careful what you say to him. Because he will mess you up if you give him even the smallest 
of opening. Let's pray.